Welcome to Drive Time Theology, a brand new podcast. And my name is Phil. My name is Adam. And this is a podcast where we talk. You drive. And hopefully we all learn. This. Right. And so here we are. We're talking about things. Yeah. We're going to talk about the gospel today. Here we are. Are we supposed to say here we are? I don't really know. But we're now. Here we are. This is where we are. At some point future us will not listen to our own podcast because that's pretentious. I never listen to my podcast. But sometimes I do go back and listen to it. The whole thing? Not the whole thing. Okay. Just sometimes I'll listen to it just because I'll be like, what did we say? Yeah. I forget sometimes. So, so this is, what is this, episode three of season two? Episode three. Episode three. Season two. This is, this is in point the, five. something like that. We talked about salvation what did we talk about episode one i could not remember episode one i was trying to tell someone i was like i don't remember what what we talked about about and we can find it in our one note but yeah um episode one what was episode one the church the church yeah that's what we talked about in episode one we talked about the church in episode one it must have been it was a long time ago it was that's why yeah because it was like before the start of the year Uh, because we dropped it in like november yeah. And then yeah, we yeah. had took a while. To the holidays off, yeah. and now we're back, episode three. Gotcha. Yeah. And we're going to continue our pattern of this is what it's not. Yeah, we and like to start conversations is. like that, apparently. And so. I think, but I think that's helpful. I also don't think we've said what we're talking about today. Have we not? Maybe we, we have. just said episode three. We're talking about the gospel. The gospel. And we're not really saying what the gospel's not, but we're just kind of starting off the idea that yeah. what we often hear is a reduced gospel. Sure. The gospel is this big, grand narrative, and we hear a reduced gospel, yeah. which generally gets reduced to about four big ideas. Right. You're bad. You're bad. You need to be saved. You need to be saved. Jesus is that Savior. Jesus is the Savior. Therefore, accept Him and go to heaven when you die. Exactly. And that's not wrong. Correct. It's just not the whole that's story. That's not wrong. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's not the whole story. The story's much, much bigger. And in fact, if we're talking about the gospel, it's also much bigger than that mm. um so what let's just kind of start here what does the word gospel mean because we we say things like here's what we do i think we have turned gospel into an adjective mm. right we have gospel music we have gospel television and those things aren't bad it's not bad to call right. that's a particular style but i just think in the way we use english today yeah gospel is an adjective that describes something but yeah. what does the bible mean when the bible says gospel just the word gospel what is right. it talking about so it's really useful for me to go back and, and and hear a teaching on this from a guy named sky jathani he's actually a christian missionary alliance guy um and where he was talking about the the word gospel is the greek word euangelion which we should have had you say because it's it's fun to hear you say greek words because i don't say them right <laughs> i didn't say that it's just fun to hear you uh euangelion which is where we would get the word evangelical and if you saw it spelled out that would make a lot of sense yeah um, but the, the, that word, euangelion, is actually the proclamation that there is a new king. Oftentimes a new king's birth, sometimes when the king becomes the king, it's a euangelion. But it's the good news that goes out through the kingdoms that, oh, there's, there's really good news. We have a new king. Yeah. And, and messengers would go out. Correct. And they to would share that town, across the countryside. And they would proclaim. Because they didn't have Twitter and Facebook. Exactly. Or 24-hour news <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, so exactly. they rode horses, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Or camels. Something like that. But they popped up in your town and they said, we've got good news. Yeah. There's a, There's new, a king. new king. Yeah. And, and so that's what it's you and Gelion. So right. when, now that's like sort of the big, broad Greek yeah. root word. And the authors of the New Testament seem to have co-opted that word to talk about Jesus being yeah. the new king. Yeah. And so, go ahead. 
which isn't a new idea. That wasn't just a New Testament idea. It actually came out of Isaiah 52. Um, I actually have that written down. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. You and Gelion, that's what it would have been in the Septuagint, I think. The good news of peace and salvation, the news that God, of, the God of Israel reigns. Yeah. And so our New Testament authors are taking that Isaiah 52, knowing that scripture well and saying, hmm, Jesus is that king. He is that yeah. new king. That he is, he, He's the same as God. Yeah. All the all the gospel authors start out yeah. proclaiming that Jesus is, is God in yeah. human form, and, Emmanuel. And I think that's important too, is when we because we think of gospels as like four books, and there's right. like this gospel, but really it's here's the good news that Jesus is King, yeah. according to Matthew, right. according to Mark, according to Luke, according to John. Sure, that's what they're telling us. Here's how we know Jesus is King. Yeah, and and I think that uh, kind of tacking into that um, Isaiah 52 passage. That that last part says that the God of Israel reigns. Right. That's the announcement. That's the, the good news. That there's a new king. Yeah. We're no longer subject to the dominion of darkness mm. and to the, the 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 demonic king, the devil. Yeah. There's a new king in town. Yeah. And so that that's how I think we can sum up the good news by saying that. And I think also that that late, that those gospel announcements or those those gospel messages from the four authors Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John lead us into the Book of Acts, where yeah. Peter's first sermon there at the Day of Pentecost is he's in verse sixteen. He says, "I am not ashamed of the God." Oh, that's, that's Romans. That's Romans. Sorry. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, the one that He'd been preaching about and talking about for yeah. several minutes, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Yeah. And you were saying earlier that that is how. Uh, a Jewish person would have talked about God's titles yeah. as, as Lord and Messiah yeah. or anointed or yeah. really yeah. just king. They were looking for God's anointed king, yeah. right? And that, that word Messiah mm. was used of lots of different people throughout the Old Testament. Mm. Kings were anointed. Most commonly, a king was anointed yeah. um, as an anointed worker on God. Prophets were anointed. Priests were anointed. Even um, Gentiles were anointed, mm. right? Cyrus was anointed for his purpose. I mm. think it was Cyrus. I might be wrong on that, so don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure. We'll look um, it up later. We'll uh, fact check ourselves. Well, there we go. Because this podcast is fact-checked by no one, <laughs> except you, our humble That's listeners, right. with your comments. Um, but no, uh, um, that's the that is the the idea is that um, they were expecting God's King to show up. Yeah, and so the gospel is affirming to them and mm. communicating to them the King you've been looking for and waiting yeah. for is Jesus. Yeah, and so I think we could say that simply the the gospel is the good news that Jesus is King. Yeah. And, and even in that intertestamental time, we, we see that you said that there were messiahs. There were a number of messiahs then, but they were failed messiahs because the, the, the prophecy and prediction yeah. was that the grave could not hold God's chosen man. Yeah. And all of those messiahs yeah. died, and there was no yeah. resurrection. It wasn't even rumor of res resurrection. Yeah. They were just dead, and that's yeah. how you knew it was a failed messiah or a failed uh, uprising. The, yeah. the Maccabees was, was one of the most noted ones. Yeah. Uh, where the word Messiah got thrown around a lot, but their leader dies and doesn't come back. There is no resurrection. So yeah. that's when you knew, okay, well, another failed Messiah. Yeah. Uh, but that's the different thing about Jesus. It, at his death, and I think his disciples even thought, crap, here we go again, another failed Messiah. But his resurrection proved, proved to be... otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is the yeah. unique thing about, about this yeah. Jesus. And I think that, that points out an interesting distinction is there's lots of people in... Jesus day and in our day who will claim to be mm. the chosen one yeah. the king the anointed one the one who's going to save us from everything yeah. but the only one who's really ever going to be king 
is Jesus. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's good. So in its simplest form, and we're not, we're not necessarily trying to be simple all the time, but it, it's useful sometimes to, to break it down to its most base formula. Um, and so to, to talk about the gospel in, in its simplest terms is Jesus is king. Instead of atta- and there's lots of other things that, are, that, can, that we need to attach to that, but just to strip it away of all the things that have been added, uh, I, think the, I think the biblical definition of the gospel at its simplest form is that Jesus is king. And so in this section, we got four points or four or five points. We're talking about why is that good news? Yeah, the good news is Jesus is king, but why is that good news? Yeah, and why, why is that good news? Why is the Bible tell us it's good news that yeah. Jesus is king? Because just to kind of take like a big kind of thought process, God could have done this anyway mm-hmm. he wanted to, but he chose to do it specifically like this. So why is this good news? I think the first thing that we get is that Jesus is the faithful human. And we talked a little bit about this in our last episode, that, that Genesis chapter 3 serpent crusher. Yeah. That from the very beginning, God said, I'm bringing this person to be. And that person happens to be the God-man, mm-hmm. Jesus. He's the perfect, faithful human. And that's really what that word perfect means, is he faithfully mm. lived his life the way God was calling all humans to live. Yeah. And so that's why it's good news, because our king isn't me. Yeah. It isn't you. It's not someone who's fallen. Fortunately. Yeah, it's not someone. <laughs> it's not someone that is good news. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, imagine if we were a king. Like, oh. we, might, we might even do a good job at it, but. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I can tell you right now. There may be a good thing or two, but I would not do a good job at being king. Uh, I can tell you that right now. And I think that that proves throughout history is that, he, think of Israel's history. Yeah. They had less than a handful of good kings. Right. And even some of those kings were still a mixed bag. Yeah. It just leaned good. And that's a story thread throughout the scripture itself. Is, is God looking for that, part, that, that human to partner with? From yeah. Adam to Noah yeah. to Abraham yeah. uh, to Moses to David yeah. to Solomon to Jesus. Yeah. Looking for the perfect Israelite. Yeah, it's the story of the covenant, yeah. right? Is that God says in the beginning, you're going to rule earth. Yeah. You are going to rule together. my creation together with me. Yeah. And then the rest of the covenants is God explaining how he's going to restore that. Yeah. Um, and so that's, the, that's kind of that narrative framework. Whenever God mm. is making a covenant with someone, it's because he's saying, yeah. you're going to partner with me in this. Yeah. We're going to rule earth together. And guess what? You're probably not going to keep this covenant, but I'm faithful. Yeah. I'll keep it. And that's how we get to Jesus. Yeah. And so if he's the faithful human, the one we've been looking for, the one God has been looking for, and, and that is the thing that's part of the, the accomplishment he did. Yeah. I was looking for a better word than he did. Part of the accomplishment that he accomplished. Yep. I hate using the same word Achieved. Twice. There, there you we go. go. Part of the accomplishment that he achieved, if that's true and we believe it to be, then we owe him our allegiance. Yeah. And that's why it's, it's, it, I find it useful to talk about Jesus as king, use kingship language. Yeah. Because allegiance language is used so much through the scriptures. Yeah. Is that if he is king, then we owe him yeah. our allegiance. Yeah. And you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. What do you mean allegiance is all throughout scripture? And we talked about this when we talked about our episode on faith. That yeah. that that word pistis, mm-hmm. it, it it means faith, but it means faithfulness. Right. And and we kind of have that idea, and this is why I think allegiance is a is a better term to mm-hmm. use because faith in our language 
has transferred into this sort of like make-believe word. Mm. Like I'm going to make something because I believe something. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this game winning shot because I got enough faith in my I ability to do it. I think I, I yeah. envision it, therefore it's gonna yeah. take place. Yeah. And and there's there's a there's a little bit of faith to that. Like you, you mean can, a little bit of truth to that? A little bit of truth to that, yeah. <laughs> You can step out in faith yeah. because I know God is, I'm, I'm going to take this risk because I know God is going to be with me. Right. I'll do that. But that's more of an act of faithfulness mm. or faithfully trusting right. God's goodness, not a manifestation of something. Yeah. It's not a manifest kind of destiny idea. Yeah. And allegiance gets that because when we pledge our allegiance, mm-hmm. we're going to do all kinds of things because we trust the goodness of Jesus. Sure. We're going to take risks. We're going to do things we otherwise wouldn't do because we believe that Jesus is good. And so we can give our allegiance to him. Correct. And um, we were also talking about the the reason we're able to do that is because what he has a, what he has done on our behalf. Yeah. He's 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 died for our sins and and that's in again that's in mm-hmm. the scriptures, it's in the text. Uh, and and he's died for sin in general in order to defeat evil, therefore we can offer him allegiance. And and of course, we're not trying to not talk about spirit empowerment and spirit partnership, and we don't do it on our own. I'm such a good person, I'll just give him my allegiance. But it's a surrender thing. I recognize who the king is. I recognize that it's not me. It's not anyone else. It's him, he, and he alone. And so I will offer him my allegiance, which then looks like I will offer him my actions, my obedience. Yeah. Well, and I think maybe even, and I'm just kind of thinking of this, so this might be taking it, it might not work, but you could almost think of it if you kind of think like a medieval kind of court scene. Yes. I come in, I pledge my allegiance to Jesus, and then he knights me, and he Mm. gives me his shield, he gives me his banner, he gives me his authority, and none of what I'm going to do is going to be in my own abilities. Or own name. Or own name. For your own good. Yeah. It's all for him, and I serve him, and it's his kingdom, and it's his service. And you can think of it the same way. It's like when we when we pledge our allegiance to Jesus, He fills us with His Spirit. Mm. He begins to work on us and transform us so that we can live faithfully like He did. Yeah. And and we talked about this earlier, and and not not on not on the podcast, but there are still those who are in uh, disobedience who yeah. haven't given that allegiance. Yeah. Excuse me. And so uh, part of part of the goal as ambassadors, which is what Paul calls us in the Corinthians letters, is that we are to take that message of the good news. Back to that's back to Isaiah fifty two. Yeah. Blessed are, are, are the feet of those who yeah. bring good news, who go throughout the kingdom announcing that hey, there is a new king. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna live like there's a new king. Hey, you're yeah. invited to be part of this king kingdom yeah. and kingship yeah. and, and offer your allegiance to him yeah. as well. Yeah. And you could reject the message. You could say, mm, it's not my king. Yeah. I like the old king better. Yeah. You could do that. But it's not really going to change reality because the new king is coming and his kingdom is going to yeah. ultimately win the day. And there will come a time, as I understand the scriptures, mm-hmm. where there will be a... <laughs> I guess the word I was going to use is reckoning. There will be yeah. a reckoning of, okay, yeah. time is up. Yeah. Have you given your allegiance to the new king? Yeah. No, maybe we shouldn't say new king. God's king, Jesus' yeah. king, always been king. Yeah. Um, have you have you offered him your allegiance? And if not, there are consequences to that decision. Yeah, and I think that brings us to that next thing of why it's good news that Jesus is king. Mm. Because his kingdom is not yet. It's mm. something in the future. Yeah. But it's also now. Yeah. 
It's a, it's sort of a both and situation. We're saying that backwards on purpose. Yeah. Normally people say it's now and not yet. We're saying it is not yet. Yes, there is a a heavenly realm that we're going to spend uh, eternity in. So yes, his kingdom is not yet, but it's also now, right now, today, happening. What I'm doing this yeah. afternoon has the potential to be kingdom work. Yeah. Or anti-kingdom work. Yeah. Yeah. We we and and I think that that is something that gets lost. Mm in that reduced gospel. It makes yeah. it all about there. Just, we did that same yeah. thing, it was scary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hand movements and motions at the same time. Um, but, and, and again, not that the reduced gospel is bad right. but, or wrong, but what happens I think with that sometimes is it can become, hey, you're good mm. for the future. Now, try to be good right now, Yeah. but you know, it really doesn't it really matter doesn't because matter. that's the thing that matters. Yeah, yeah. And, and that lends itself, and this is a caricature. We, we would own that for sure. But it lends itself to the fire insurance card. Yeah. You get to stay out of hell free card. Mm-hmm. And, and because you said the right words or prayed the right prayer, yeah. you're good to go and try to be a good person in the meantime. But sweat not because yeah. you've got your get out of hell free card yeah. for the future. Yeah. And I don't think we would deny that there's lots of grace and that we make mistakes every Absolutely. day and we're still dealing with sin. That's all there. But the difference is, is it puts consequence on what I do. And emphasis. And emphasis. Consequence and emphasis both. It matters how I live. Absolutely. There's weightiness to what I do. Even if it's me doing nothing, mm. there's still a weightiness to it because I am now a kingdom ambassador. Yeah. So that's that's Second Corinthians chapter 5. Paul right. says, now we're ambassadors. Yeah. And then he says, it's as if God is speaking through us. Mm. And then when you start to let that sink in, oh, wow, that's a seriousness that I'm supposed to live yeah. as an ambassador and God's speaking through me. The way I treat my neighbor, yeah. the way I treat my server at a restaurant, the way I treat my children, the way I treat my estranged family member is all gospel and kingdom related. Yeah. That those are gospel actions. Jesus is king actions. So if I treat them in an, in an ill manner or inappropriate mm-hmm. manner, I am now making commentary on who yeah. I claim to be my king. Yeah, yeah. And, and that kind of goes back to the whole Matthew 7 at the end of it when when Jesus says, listen, if you hear these words of mine mm. and you do them, you're a wise person. Who built a sin, built built his house, house on, on the rock. rock. If you hear these words and don't do them, yeah. you're the foolish man. It's going to wash away. Sand. It's not going to last. Right. There's a way to live our lives that is everlasting, and there's mm. a way to live our lives that is fleeting. Mm. And the call of a kingdom life is to live in a way that's everlasting. Which leads us to that last point. Yeah. Which, if, if we're going to live lives that, that, that look everlasting, then we can, and we even closed on this a little bit last time, then we can live eternally now. We can live out lifestyles that are going to exist into the next age. We probably should do a podcast on what the word eternal means, but yeah. uh, it, it's, it's through this age, the age that endures. And so things that we, we're told about things, particularly in Revelation, that will continue to go on. Compassion, mercy, justice, righteousness. Those types of things will continue well on past this time and age and place uh, into the new kingdom, uh, as Rod calls it, the new Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which is what John sees coming yeah. down out of the sky. Those type of lifestyles and those type of practices, enemy love will be existent then and there. And so why not begin to live those things out here and now? And that's the, that's the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is, is preparing his followers saying, look, you're going to be living in exile, but if you put these thoughts and attitudes and lifestyles into practice here and now, that will survive what, what uh, it's Corinthians that talks about the, the fire that reveals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the things that will survive on through that fire yeah 
And so why not live those out? Not why not, we should begin to live those out here and now in our everyday lives. Yeah, and, and I think that that's, that's kind of the, the, this sort of big idea of the, this is the good news of Jesus. Mm. Jesus was the faithful human. And because of that, he's now king. We owe him our allegiance when we do. That's a transformative experience. We right. get to live, it, it, so to speak, we get to live in the future. We mm. get to live as mm. if the full realization yeah. of his kingdom is happening now. And that means what we do gets to carry on through eternity. Sure. And so I think that's, to me, that's just sort of a bigger, grander narrative that's mm. happening in and out of scripture than just... Hey, you're bad. You're bad. Need a savior. Yeah, it's Jesus. All true. Again, but yeah. but this, I I I think the the word we're trying to use is is emphasis. Yeah, and and this is a slightly different one. Where's the emphasis at? Is it where you're gonna go when you die? Right. Or is it how you're gonna live so that you don't die? Yeah. Right. And it's That's all good. through Jesus. Yeah. It's all through Jesus. Of course. It's none of us. But it's just an emphasis. It's somewhere out there in the future things will happen for me or it's right here right now something is happening in mm. me and it has the potential to happen out of me too yeah. so good. i think that's that's kind of the big idea of what we're getting at when we say jesus is king mm. so we talked about the gospel's message mm. but there's also an aspect of the gospel that is power mm -hmm. And Paul will talk about that in Romans chapter 1, yeah. 16 through 17. You want to tee us up with that? I did. And we discussed earlier that um, we, this isn't something we—it's not something that I talk about a lot. I don't, I, I don't think when I'm contemplating the gospel, I'm, I'm thinking good news, Jesus King. I'm not often thinking about it as—I'm not thinking the word power. I'm not, I'm not a Romans student, so, so maybe that's part of the reason. Uh, but but so so to, to discuss it this way is, is a little different for me, but probably useful for me to, to try to get into that uh, mindset. So uh, verse 16, Romans 1, says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, because it is, it is the power, there's that word, of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And that's the allegiance word we talked about. First to the Jew and then to the Greek. For the gospel reveals the righteousness of God that comes by faith or faithfulness from the start to finish, just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith. Yeah. And so I, I think... Let's focus in on that word power. Sure. So we, we you kind of hit on this. We don't often, I don't think that's something that we just typically think about as the gospel is power. Mm -hmm. Or we think about the power of what it what it means for us, but we don't really think about what we mean when we say power. Right. Why is the gospel powerful? How is the gospel mm -hmm. powerful? So I think the first thing that we have to realize is that it doesn't mean power as in might. Strength. Strength. It is powerful that way. It is. But but it doesn't come like Thor with his hammer, right. so to speak. It's not this sort of brute force that just drives. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's this announcement that things have changed, and it's a powerful announcement, and it has the ability to change and transform. Mm. But it doesn't come through might. You and I don't make the gospel happen in someone's life by might. Mm. If we did, then Bible thumping would be the most effective evangelistic tool we could have. Are you saying that Bible thumping is not the most effective evangelism? Probably not. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I would probably agree. Right, because it's not. I can't just beat the gospel into somebody mm. and then it take effect on them. And yeah. that's really what we mean. It's not like, okay, so God's got this powerful message yeah. and he's just going to shove it down yeah. on you. That's not how we see the gospel yeah. working. As a matter of fact, we see God take a long time to even mm. get to Jesus. It's a long Think game. about that. He's playing a very long game, yeah. a game that is longer than we can imagine. 
with invitation after invitation after spurn after yeah. spurn after disobedience yeah. from uh, the human side. Yeah. It, it keeps coming in differently in than ways. might. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that brings us to this other idea too, is that it's not, we can't legislate gospel. Like we can't make rules that make the gospel work okay. and then people become Christians. Um, and, and you could take that one of two ways. Um, you could say, well, you know, we're, we're trying to put gospel into the laws, into the legal system. Mm-hmm. We're trying to put morality into it. And, and I'm not really talking about that so much. That's part of it. Yeah. I'm just saying what we tend to do is we try to make, um, what's the right way to say this? We sort of make a moral case. Mm. Like it's, you've got to be X, Y, and Z. And we, we've developed this, what some people call moralistic therapeutic deism for our gospel. It's a really big word. It is. I'll break it down. Um, You're going to have to for me to consume it's, it. What, what happens is our gospel becomes moralistic. It becomes, gotcha. this is a list of rights mm-hmm. and this is a list of wrongs and you better do the rights mm-hmm. and you better not do the wrongs. Yeah. It's moralistic therapeutic as in that's how we feel good about ourselves gotcha so if i did the right things today then i can feel good if i did the wrong things today then i should feel bad gotcha it's moralistic therapeutic deism as in god's not really i mean he's involved in it Mm -hmm. but he's not really involved in it because he's wanting to see did i do the right things did i not do the right things yeah so it's moralistic therapeutic deism that's really what american gospel has become Mm. is this idea of let me point out how you're bad so that you can say a prayer and then god can come in and change you and now you can do all of these good things and even subtly is another way to wield power because i'm the one who has been doing good yeah i'm here to tell you that you're bad yeah come be a lot like me yeah and and of course they're still using the the god character in there and and probably even coming from a good place yeah but perhaps a misunderstood place of still trying to wield a power yeah. that only God does. Yeah. And, and, and I want to be real careful when we say that because I'm not saying that you should never say, here's the gospel. Yeah. Hey, Or here's this right is and sin. wrong. Yeah, yeah. we're That's supposed important. to call out right and wrong. Yeah. There's lots of that in the Bible. But the point is what we do sometimes with that is we use that as power. Yeah. And it's not that kind of power. That's mm. not the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel isn't to show up in someone's life and say, let me tell you how you're wrong. Mm. Let me tell you how you can get right. That's right. not the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel is faith. Yeah. It's faithfulness. Right. That's what Paul's getting at in this passage. Yeah. It's faithfulness. It's, it's, it, it expresses itself. The power expresses itself in humility and in service. And yeah. it, that's how we step into that kingdom, through mm-hmm. humility and through service. Humbly accepting that, no, we're not the king, we can't save ourselves, so we walk into the service of the king, say, okay, mm-hmm. now what will you do with me? Yeah. Uh, and and, it, and it, which you said this earlier, and I had to think about it, but I think it's accurate that that reflects a relationship between us and God and God and us, that mm-hmm. he did the same thing. Jesus humbled himself to death, even death unto a cross, at the service of the Father and in service to yeah. humanity. As yeah. a human, to take on all the uh, effects of evil, he lays down his life. Yeah. And if we go back to our last podcast on on salvation, mm-hmm. we even see the humility and the service of God in that. And mm. and and I know it's weird to think about God being humble because right. we tend to think about God being all powerful, all powerful, holy, set apart. And and those are not mutually exclusive. Right. As a matter of fact, that's how we get the idea of what humble is because yeah. God has all the power. God could Thanos everything with a snap. Sure. But He doesn't. Mm. In fact, He says instead of saying, you know what. 
I'm just gonna make new humans that yeah. won't sin. You're done. Yeah. He says, actually, here, here's some clothing yeah. so that you can stay in my presence. Yeah. Here's animal skins so that we can have some sort of a relationship. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna send someone who's gonna save you. Yeah. He's, he's humble in that sense in that he doesn't come in and exercise all authority and just do whatever he wants. He says, I'm coming to redeem my creation. And again, like you said in Philippians 2, we see that with Jesus. Jesus, it says, um, it says that he didn't consider equality with something, equality with God something to be, be attained, attained yeah. or to grasp mm. or to hold on to. Yeah. But he emptied himself, yeah. became like a human, even to the point of death. And that's a whole different way of, that's not mighting in it. Was Jesus forceful in his conversation sometimes? Yeah. Yes. Did Jesus call out the hypocrisy of the people around him? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. But even in those moments, we see a sort of humbleness to it. Yeah, there's a it's a service, if you will. He's right, there to serve. Sure. And yeah. as the early church adopted that and began to live that out as little Christs or Christians, yeah, that was world changing. Uh, and and it wasn't until and maybe we need to do another podcast yeah. on this. It wasn't until the the fourth century when yeah. the church got married to power under Constantine mm-hmm. that things started to shift and they started to try to use power in a different way. And not that they don't do the humility service thing, mm-hmm. but that became secondary yeah. and was no longer the primary way to yeah. express their love for God and their love for their community and love yeah. for others. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus is he's even he's even clear about that. He says, "I didn't come to make hierarchical yeah. power." Yeah. That's what the Gentiles do. That's how they lord it over you. Here's my hierarchy. Who can go lower? Yeah. Sure, we have structures and organizations. That's all important to make things run smoothly and get gospel resources and all that stuff around sure. the world. But it's about who can get to the bottom of the org chart mm. fastest. Yeah. Not about who can get to the top. And I think that that's what we need to keep in mind is that we bring the gospel with power when we are humble mm-hmm. and serving the people around us, not when we're trying to exalt ourselves and make a point of saying, look at look at this, look yeah. at me, check me out. Yeah. I've got this whole thing down. It was That was the Mark 10 passage where he says, yeah. the Son of Man did not come to be served, yeah. but to serve others. Yeah. And so while a minute ago that, or earlier, that made me yeah. a little uncomfortable to say, oh yeah, God's in humility, humility and service to us. That's exactly what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. I came to humble myself yeah. and to be a servant. Yeah. And if that's going to be his MO, it should be ours. Yeah. Yeah, and that is powerful, and that and it's only through the gospel, it's only through the good news that Jesus is King that we can yeah. walk in that power. And right. we don't manipulate it, we don't wield it, we don't try to trick other people into the kingdom. Yeah, I shouldn't have used the word trick, but we don't try to bait them into it. We simply say, "Hey, through humility and service, we love you, we care for you, we'll build bridges into your world as outreach." Yeah. And I think that's the example Jesus left for us. Yeah, and I think that that's, remember, Jesus said, if anyone's going to follow me, mm. he has to take up his cross and deny himself daily. Yeah, deny yourself daily. Exactly, and that's, that's, that, that's what Jesus was doing mm. in his, all of his earthly ministry was essentially Jesus dying to himself right. so that he could serve us. I am the king of the universe. Mm created everything, guess what? I'm going to lay all that side. I'm going to live life like a human, mm. and I'm going to serve humans yeah. who should be serving me, who should be trembling in fear and utter terror at the, the yeah. magnitude of my power, but I'm going to serve them. I'll wash their feet. I'll die for their sins. Yeah. I'll do all of that. Mm. That's where true gospel power comes, yeah. because when we live that out, yeah. well, that's unstoppable. Mm. You, you can't stop people who have already died to themselves. Mm. 
because it's about the gospel. It's yeah. not about my wants or my preferences. Yeah. And I don't even mean ultimately like in you can't stop us because you can't kill us or that kind of thing. Right. I just mean we can't get discouraged in being faithful gospel witnesses because right. it's not about us anyway. Yeah. Bad day at work, annoying coworker, hate our boss, whatever it is. Turmoil and, in your country? Exactly. That's not going to stop us sure. because it was never about us. Yeah. It was always about Jesus. And yeah. that's our that's our purpose, our, our meaning our, yeah. comes from that. Yeah, because I died. It should. It yeah, should it come should. from that. Because yeah. I should wake up in the morning and say, "I died to feel fill today." Yeah. What do you want me to do, Jesus? Mm. How do you want me to live, love this person? Yeah. How do you want me to handle this difficult situation? Yeah. That's good. Not well. This is what I want to do. Yeah. My yeah. rights were challenged in this meeting, so I'm going to challenge your rights. No, I died to my rights a long time ago. Let me serve you. Mm. Doesn't mean you be a doormat. Sure. Because it certainly wasn't a sure. doormat. But it also means we have a whole different heart posture and outlook on life. And perspective. And perspective. It's good. Yeah. And so I think that's the power of the gospel is to be humble and to be servants. All right. So let's, let's park the car. And, and this is it. Is that the gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. It's the specific good news that Jesus is king. Uh, and that... And that particular announcement of good news has power to transform us. Uh, and, and so we should be seeing that in our lives, a transformational life lived by the fact that Jesus is King. If my focus, if my perspective, if my thought and prayer life is on today, Jesus is my King, how do I live that out? In this action, in, in my reaction to this thing or this story or this person pulling out in front of me or what my wife just said, Jesus is King. And if we practice that, we will see that power beginning to transform who we are, how we live, both in, in humility and being humble and in servanthood. And so that, uh, that's where we're going to leave it for today. Uh, we, we, did, we have tiptoed the last two conversations in, into the concept of heaven. And so I think next time we're going to do a podcast on exactly what heaven about exactly. Exa- we're going to talk about we're going to exactly give you the detailed plans. Specifically, one hundred percent, what heaven looks like. No, we're going to talk about what this how the scriptures talk about heaven, because uh, oftentimes it's we pick up a conversation is different than what the scriptures have picked up. Uh, a lot of what we talked about today, at least, it's magnetized a whole lot of things that perhaps it doesn't need, uh, and and so we'll, we're going to discuss that in our next podcast. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, put it in park. All right. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. Till next Remember, time. You can always connect with us on Instagram. Yeah. You can connect with us through the app wherever you listen to it or the podcast sure. where you listen to it. Yeah. Reach out. Let us know what you think. Questions, comments, concerns. All of those things are acceptable. Aren't we supposed to say like, share, and describe? Like, share, like, and subscribe? Or like, whatever? share, and subscribe. Yeah, because that helps our podcast get out there a little bit more. Yeah. Helps more people. Past the 25 people that it's already reached. Yeah. Yeah, there it's we go. It's probably an exaggeration. Past the 17 people that it's already <laughs> reached. <laughs> yeah, so uh, do those things if yeah. you wouldn't mind. Share it with a friend. Let some people know. Absolutely. Um, we'd appreciate it much. All right. See you in two weeks. See you, see you. Hey, guys. Phil here again. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope that it was helpful, that it spurred your holy imagination. We really do want to hear from you. So we have set up an Instagram account called Drive Time Theology. If you'd like to reach out or touch base with us or have questions or even post topics for us to discuss, please find us on Instagram at Drive Time Theology. Again, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate your time.